Welcome to Conway TNT, Conway then, now, and tomorrow. I'm your host, Grant Gordy. And I'm your co-host, Lori K. Smelton. Both of our families have been around the area for at least five generations. Whether you've been here all your life or moved here recently, we bring community-focused information we hope you will find interesting. Our goal is to reminisce our past and maybe even give you a few tidbits you didn't know. We also will keep you up to date on what's happening now and in the future. Grant and I are both with First Community Bank and are excited to bring this podcast to you, as well as our community-focused style of banking. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Conway TNT. I'm Grant Gordy. As I stated earlier, we're glad to be here and have the distinct pleasure of having two very distinguished guests, Dr. Lloyd Hervey and Mrs. Leona Walton. Pleasure having you both here today. Uh, we're here to inform you, or they're here to inform us, rather, of a uh, some historical significance here in the community uh, as it relates most specifically to the Pine Street School System and also the Pine Street Museum. Dr. Herbie, Miss Leona, we're ecstatic to have you here today. Thank you so much. Thank you for having us. We'd also Absolutely. like to let everybody know that today's session is done on Zoom. So uh, in case you hear a few weird things or something like that, we are doing this podcast via Zoom. It's my first time doing a podcast via Zoom, and I guess that's a sign of the times. This is, a, this is a story in particular that's near and dear to me, and we attempted to bring this to you all, uh, the listening audience, months ago, but due to the pandemic and out of an abundance of caution, we elected to punt that until today. Um, and, and that being said, uh, are bringing this to you via Zoom. Uh, Dr. Hervey and Miss Leona, tell us a little bit about yourselves and, and, and uh, your history here in the community. I'll start first if it's okay. Um, yes, ma'am. I was born and raised right here in Conway, Arkansas, in the Pine Street community, still live in the Pine Street community. Went to uh, Pine Street through the sixth grade, went on over to Conway Junior High in the seventh grade, graduated from Conway High School class of 1974. Right now, I currently still live in the same community that uh, right across the street from my former first, second, third, fourth and fifth grade classrooms. I live right across the street from it. Our church was blessed to be able to purchase the property, Greater Pleasant Branch Baptist Church, I believe it's back in 1988 or 89. And we now own that property. And one of the things that we try to do, even as a church family, is try to keep that heritage of the school's history alive. I do serve on the board uh, of the Pine Street Community Museum. Uh, Reverend Wayne Hoskin was actually the founder. He had to move home back to Detroit. But I am now serving on the board and as president in that capacity at this time. Outstanding. Outstanding. Dr. Harvey, share with us a little bit of your, your history here in the community. I was born in Conway on September 21st, 1945. So I'm an old timer. Uh, I actually did not begin school in Conway until 1953. First eight years of my life, I was a little bit here and there. But uh, as Leona said, I went to Pine Street School from second grade, graduated in 1964, uh, went on to Smith College, uh, did a degree in education, and of course that started an educational career. Um, uh, our church actually purchased the property, I believe, in 1985, and we began building in 1989 on that property. Uh, Pine Street was, uh, I, I've said this probably twice, but I believe Pine Street School was probably one of the best kept secrets in Conway because of its impact and its influence on all of all of those who went were blessed to go to the school. It was truly uh, 
living out the uh, African adage that it takes a village to raise a child. We were, we were given all the tools that we needed at that time to help us transition into society in a segregated society because they, the focus was, my boy, get something in your head. You're going to have to be twice as good as the white students. You need to look the part. You need to dress the part. You need to speak the part. And all those things were ingrained in us. And those who chose to go on to uh, higher education, we were adequately prepared and for, for the for the professions that we were blessed to go into. I too am a member of Greater Pleasant Branch Baptist Church uh, and uh, serve as uh, a deacon and in other capacities. And our church still helps to carry on the heritage of the community. Why don't you give us kind of a geographic area of what the Pine Street area is in Conway, like kind of some uh, where the edges of the roads are. So people who are not aware of where this is, they probably drive through it all the time, but they have no idea that they're in this Pine Street community. When we were growing up, it was on the west, the uh, Spencer Street. North would be uh, what's now uh, Bruce Street. It was a different name at one time. Cemetery. Cemetery, yes, or Cemetery. Mm-hmm. Uh, south, of course, would be Ingram. Because in those days, where, where there is a community now, where the Human Development Center is, that was not, uh, that area was not there. And I guess on the south. Uh, down to Oak, maybe. Down, down maybe to Oak, but in the past, it went past that even to down to where St. Joseph, St. Joseph's School is. And in the, in the earlier years, it went out east, uh, going out toward Bologna. Because there was a community, it was, a, it was an area called Argenta. That I don't know what the boundaries of that was. But when I was growing up, that was basically our sphere of uh, community. Well, I've never heard that Argenta term. That's interesting. Yeah. I don't, Leona may have some. some, some I have a, I, I have an article on that in the museum yeah. uh, that I cannot recall all its terms and its dates at this particular time. But there's an article written on yeah. it's East Conway, um, Satillo, what we called Caney back then, the home of the Mabias, the Ryans, and that area was called the uh, the Argenta area. Interesting, interesting. My so, grand- so my this. Grand- w- I'm sorry. No. Go ahead, Dr. Harvey. I'm, I apologize. Uh, my grandmother, you know, told told me when I was growing up about the, the number of people that actually African Americans that actually lived in the Conway area. That way, so there were businesses, there were there were cl- professional clubs uh, for men and women. Uh, there were uh, how many stores? Three. Well, three stores. Uh, Real stores. Uh, three stores, Mr. Brown's store, Reverend Rogers, and then Mr. Uh, Joe uh, Woodson. Joe Woodson on, yeah, Markham, on Markham Street. On right. Markham Street. So, so it, it was really a thriving what you It was really a thriving community. You, but and for most of us, that was our life. We never thought about going across the track as we did. Across the track meant that you were going over to the white community after you crossed the railroad track into the basic white community. So, so that, was, that was our little world. <laughs> so Mark, 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 Markham was more or less the center of commerce for the, for the, for the community. I called it our little business district. Yeah. We yeah. had, we had the yes, drag, ma'am. we had the deluxe diner down there. You could go in there and get your good burgers, good, good food, period. They had a jukebox in yes, there. Ma'am. 
We could dance, you know, play your music and dance. Now, I'm just to be honest with you, in the back room, I'm told I ain't never get to go in the back room. There were some other things going on. But that's <laughs> so you that, heard that, this wall. that everybody knew about through the right. whole city. Yeah. Then we had uh, 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 right down the street, he had uh, the drag was owned by Richard Manley. He also had built some uh, hotels, little rooms where you could spend the night. And those, that area was, is, is in one of the green books. If you're familiar with the green book, the green book uh, in a, was a book that was published to tell blacks where they could go safely in the South where they were traveling, where they could get something to eat and have somewhere to stay safely without, you know, being at risk for being lynched yes, or hurt. And then right up, right next door to it was our um, dry cleaners, favorite blends, dry cleaners called uh, valet cleaners. Across the street was the Sunset, which is a barbershop and a cafe. A couple of houses were in there as well, but then Joe Woodson's store was there, uh, I believe on the corner or close to the corner. Mm -hmm. I think it was the corner. And then if you step into the next, very next area of the block was Madison's uh, blacksmith when it was original, but it ended up being as the horse and shoe era went away, uh, he ended up uh, opening up a automotive shop. Yes, man. So, went from one went from service in one form of transportation to the more modern the, transportation in the right. form of a automobiles. Yes. Right. Correct. There was a rooming house on Markham. Uh, it was on the corner. On the corner. Uh, it, it was owned by Marilyn Bright's grandmother. Mm -hmm. And then there was a black doctor, Dr. Cummings. Ralph Cummings. His, I believe his his place of uh, service was on Spencer Street. Yep. Uh, and there were uh, two buildings for hairdressers, we might call it, beauty shops. Uh, Reverend Rogers' wife, Miss Ellabelle Rogers, had a beauty shop. And also Miss Edna James Kinney yep. uh, built a beauty shop on, on Pine Street, yep. uh, diagonal from the Fraser Brown store. Is that where, isn't that where Mr. Layton ended up? Yeah. Where Patty is right now? Where Patty is now, yes. That was, that was, originally that was Miss, she was Miss Edward James and then she married a Kenny. Right. Anyway, yeah. We appreciate that rundown. That, that's fantastic. That Y'all's uh, acuity to be able to recall all of those locations and not only the, not only the shops or the uh, uh, rooming houses themselves, but also the proprietors. That's fantastic history. There was one more. That so was, tell tell, tell that us a little bit about the school. Uh, I'm I was just going to add one more. That was Mr. Oh. Uh, McEwen, Kid McEwen. Oh, yeah, this kid. Had a uh, restaurant, so to speak, uh, cafe on, uh, on, well, it would be uh, Highway, it would be Stephen Morgan, but not Stephen Morgan, but or right off Clayton Street, also in time. Hawk Rider. Hawk Rider, thank you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep, yep. Your recall collectively is fantastic. <laughs> I don't remember what I had for lunch today, but for y'all to be able to remember back, that that, that is incredible. That's wonderful. T tell when us a little bit about the, the school, sir. I said when you live something, it becomes a part of you. That was, yes, sir. That absolutely. Was yeah. Tell us a little bit about the school and how, how was that the, the hub of the community, as it were, for mm. for you all as, as, as young uh, budding adults, so to speak. It was because it was because um, there were at least eight buses that bus students to Conway. Those of us who lived in Conway, uh, there were uh, bus that came from what we call Gold Lake or Preston. We had one that yes. came from Salem. One came from Mayflower. We had kids that come all had to come all the way from Clinton, Arkansas. Clinton. 50 miles, 100 miles round trip a day. We had two kids. Glen Groves. 
who came from uh, Twin Groves, and we also from Greenbrier. Yep. Also had those who lived in Perry County that often had to cross the ferry to get to school. And we had one that came from Saltillo or Caney. Uh, I think that may be all of them. So there were about eight. So it was really the it was really the life of the community. And then most of our teachers uh, either lived in the community, uh, and they were also members of various churches. And so, no matter where we went, we were we were we were being uh, watched and being controlled by. You couldn't do anything in the community and not get back to Mrs. E.J. Landers at Pansy Street. Or Daisy right. Hill. Or Daisy Hill. <laughs> oh, what well, we did on the weekend, and we got out of line on the weekend. It came back. Our teachers going to know about it on Monday. So you had you had to face somebody else. Right. Absolutely. And we were, uh, they were all in agreement. Right. The, the parents and the teachers were on the same page. We were not, right. we were not fighting a battle. You couldn't go right. between mom and daddy, teacher mm -hmm. and parents. You couldn't do that. You couldn't win. There was accountability on every front, yes, sir. it sounds like. Yes, sir. Great. Yes, yeah, sir. My, my grandmother often told us, she said, I did not have to get off my job. Said, oh, no, that teacher, you lying. That teacher ain't done nothing to you. To my <laughs> it was that kind of a thing, which was very good. They, You know, Mr. Mr. Jones, we called him Captain Jones, Pharaoh Jones. In his shop, the, the agricultural building has been torn down, and the high school is torn down where our church is now. There were two buildings that are no longer in existence, but the agricultural building is where our, our uh, sanctuary is now. Yes, he would take you down to the shop, give you a haircut, comb your hair. Uh, we called her cousin Daisy because she was actually my cousin. She taught all of my grandmother's children and me two years in a row. Uh, you could go to her home and she'd give you a bath. And, uh, and you, uh, they were, they, you know, it was like they were really in loco parentis, which is an old term for in place of parents when it comes to school, which is no longer valid in these days. And so, you know, you just you couldn't, you know, if you had a fight on fight on going home, you could be in your yard. You had a fight on the next day, you'd be in Mr. Landers' office explaining why you were fighting, whatever the case might be. Yeah. Yes, sir. In my era, the, when, was, I came, when I came through, it was the Go same ahead, thing. That I, when I came through, it was the same way Deacon Herb was talking about. I remember Miss Hill, she was in our sixth grade, and she kept a razor staff hanging up on a nail. Mm-hmm. And I can't really recall. I know she did, but I, I ain't getting in trouble myself. I, I ain't playing that. But but she was so kind on the other side of that strap that she would she cared if you smelled or your clothes were dirty or whatever it was. She lived right across the street and she would make sure you had whatever you needed to be to get yourself groomed. If it was get your hair combed, your clothes washed, take a bath, whatever it is. And nobody was ever made to feel less than. As a result of that, we knew we yes, all knew that she was caring for us. How awesome! Uh, how that. many students were in the from say you know did it start in first grade and go to twelfth grade? First, it was first through twelve. Uh, the elementary building that we have now is still standing, housed grades one through six, and then the high school building housed grades seven through twelve. I think a classroom probably had. And I'm on my third grade class probably had about 40 kids in it. And I'm saying 40 because we still keep up with each other. We have a third grade class group. Uh, our teacher is still living. Miss Rosemary Bryan is still living. And we have lunch with her from time to time. Dorothy Madison also joins us. Um, so it's about 40 people in the class. Our books were about five years old when we got them. 
we could see names of five or six names in front of our names when we, we we got left over everything. Everything was behind. But it didn't deter deter us from learning because of the type of teachers that we had. They first pushed through, made sure that we got what we needed to know. So when we, we did have to convert or go into when the school did finally close, it wasn't uh the biggest struggle was social more than anything else. And I can I can concur with that as because uh, I'm a, uh, maybe a day or two older than Leona, so a little I'm, bit. <laughs> uh, we had the kind of teachers that uh, knew what we were going to expect in life, and they tried to prepare us for that. And their and their focus, as I said earlier, was that we had to be competitive. We had to be twice as good. We had to be we had to cross every T and dot every I if we were, even wanted to be, you know accepted as far as that well we'll say I'll say tolerated rather than accepted. But uh, right. an example of that is our math teacher, Mr. Levar Sedale, he's still living. He was an excellent math teacher, but um, secretly he he threw out the business math that we were supposed to be taking as seniors and he started teaching us the new math, which was a new thing at that time. And not knowing that when I went to college, uh, when I went to my first math class, guess what they were teaching? New math. So I was, I didn't know it all, but I knew enough not to be behind. And Mr. Charles Shepard, who was the brother of Rural Shepard, who was a teacher in the common public school, uh, he was an excellent science teacher. He began making us do, demanding that we do science fairs and have projects. And then we had to do science mathematics fairs. So my point is, you know, they, uh, Miss Carter Howard, English, you know, you could not get out of her room unless you knew predicates. And so, in other words, they were excellent teachers who had our best interests at heart. I mean, you know, they're just, and I know that I modeled myself. I, I didn't have any other models. And so when I started teaching, bless my kids' hearts that I taught, they had Carter Howard, Charles Shepard, Lee Washington, Miss Daisy Hill. They had all they they got some of all of that because that's all I knew. But it was you know I was blessed to stay in the profession forty seven years and I don't have any regrets. But I know it was Pine Street to help prepare me for that. Yes, sir. It sounds like the faculty uh, was coming from a place of love. Sometimes it was tough love, but it was love just the same. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. What what what? Tell us a little bit about if you would. Uh, and we were fortunate enough that there's been a lot of exposure of late. Uh, up to and including yesterday, there was a, a piece, um, and we've already we've already uh, shined a light on Miss Walton, and we'll do the same on you, Doctor Hervey. The camera loves y'all. It's, I think it was KTHV that did a segment on uh, both the museum and the school, and we're, we're, uh, we were privileged enough to see that, and, and you two interviewed on that. Tell us a little bit about. Uh, I was unaware until that segment that a Tuskegee Airman was a graduate of uh, Pine Street Schools. That's true. Uh, we, t- we mentioned earlier the Madison shop, blacksmith shop. Mr. Will Madison, uh, one of his sons, joined the military, became Major Madison, and he was part of the Stategi Airmen. The, um, I personally don't remember him. I knew his brother, Mr. Winton Madison, and I knew another brother. I remember because their children are my age. I knew them, yeah. but I don't remember Major because I'm sure he left here. Um, I wasn't born. Matter of fact, when he left here, but um, he ended up flying. Uh, the Madisons had another brother living in in Ohio, I believe it was. He uh, died, and Major Madison was on the way to pick him up. Fl- flew to get him to bring him back here to bury him, and that plane crashed and killed him as well on the way back to Conway. So that family suffered two losses in 24 hours, basically. 
but yes, he, he is part of uh we have a display on him in our museum uh brother Winton madison who still lives here in conway with his mom dorothy madison provided that information uh to us i did not i did not know that till i started working with the museum well you guys are throwing out names of uh, people who have schools named oh. after so it's i think it's really good uh to know who Dorothy Madison was and who Theo uh, Jones were, that they were longtime educators. So th did they uh, start at the Pine Street School? Did they move over? Did some of the teachers move over uh, when the desegregation happened? Yes, yes, they did. Let's clear that up on the schools being named after. Uh, Mr. Jones uh, was principal, agri teacher, and ended up being a principal. He's a principal when I was in school, when I was at Pine Street. He was my principal. Dorothy Madison was a teacher there. She, the school was not named after her. The school, Preston and uh, Florence Madison, Florence, yeah. they oh, are named. Florence. You're right. Yeah, Florence Madison's husband, Preston Madison, was the first principal at Pine Street before we even got a high school. He was the elementary principal before we got a. My mother-in-law graduated from the uh, in 1936 from the eighth grade, and I have his certificate, her certificate with his signature on it, the original one. And then uh, then we got, she graduated from Pine Street High in 1940, one of the first 11 people that graduated in 1940, four years later. So that Florence Preston, Florence Madison School is named after our first principal, Preston Madison. That's who that, and his name just got added. Uh, it was always been Florence Madison for a while, but his name just got added to that school. And we're very grateful. Um, Please with that. I did not know that. How long ago did that happen? How did that? How long ago did that happen, Miss Leona? That school get renamed? Yes, ma'am. Maybe two years. Maybe two okay. years ago. And that that that's one of the reasons we help have this podcast. Uh, is for as we allude to in our opening is for mm -hmm. to fill in uh, some of the gaps, so to speak, for people that have lived here our entire lives. But moreover, there are so many transplants and new uh, citizens in the Conway community. Uh, not only do they deserve to know the history, but in, in this case, the school and the museum deserves for people to either A, be remembered or secondarily to be taught about mm -hmm. some very significant uh, historical achievements uh, that have taken place in the confines of our city. I think we also need to recognize that the church played a major role yes, in the Pine Street uh, community's life. There were uh, several of the churches that was still there. Our congregation is really a transplant. Our congregation began in what's called Lolly Bottoms uh, back in 1880, but there, there were several churches uh, that are still here that were very prominent in, that's where we got our religious training. And in those days, it was, it wasn't, it was the same way. You know, if you went to church and you showed out, you had a teacher that was there, so that meant you don't get back to your mom and your daddy. So no matter what, you go to the Baptist, the Methodist, or the to God in Christ, Christ temple holiness, whatever it was. But uh, we were also continually nourished in, in the religious environment. So because our, most of our teachers that I know were quote unquote church going people, believers in God. And uh, we, be, we had to begin class every day with scripture and prayer. And we, and we would sing songs. That's in elementary school. When we got to junior high and high school, we had assembly every morning. And every morning we had scripture and prayer and then we had uh, the choir would sing and all those kinds of things. Because uh, Pine Street, was a, we had choir, we had band, we had football, we had basketball, we had track. 
that everything that a school needs, but don't want to forget the religious element. Uh, we have wonderful people, uh, our yes. parents and our teachers, who also ensured that we had a Christian education along with our secular education. Also, I want to give a, a bring in the fact that when we were, we didn't have a whole lot of quote unquote things. I'm talking about the school. We were all poor in the community, but we didn't know it. But whatever we had, we shared with each other. But when we were at the school, we didn't always have uniforms that we needed. And, and Hendricks College was always, uh, I don't want to know the word, willing to give us what they could give us to help us make out our team or whatever it is we needed. We played our football games at Hendricks College over, I don't know if you guys are old enough to remember when it was a brick, a, a rock wall going around that that building uh, over there. But they would let us come over there and, and play games over there. And they would give us. Maybe they're old uniforms. I can't say they were newer, newer old because I, I wasn't, I didn't play those things. But I hear some of the elders uh, talk about Hendricks supplied a lot of things for us. And if I fast forward just a little bit, when I was a child, second, third, third grade, four, Hendricks was still doing the same thing, except they wasn't doing it through the school. We would have summer programs. They would have summer programs that would allow us to go and learn how to swim, learn how to play uh, sports together. We would volleyball. We had reading. We had other little areas that we could do a full-fledged free slumber for summer program on. And we are so grateful for that. And my next generation after me, my kids participated in the same thing. So I've also got a special place in my heart for the Hendricks College campus and the people on that campus that have the mindset that because then they butt up to our neighborhood, you know, we are actually neighbors. So we're grateful for what they uh helped us along the way for as well. Miss Leona, I can say that in the late 80s through the early 90s, I taught swimming in those courses over at Old Grove Did Gymnasium you? in the old, old pool. Grove? Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. I never learned to swim. Did I drive. I, no. I can teach you. I can teach you. <laughs> so, I still but everybody got else, yeah. <laughs> Everybody else had a wonderful time, and I sit and listen to my kids talk about the fun they had, the walk over there together, the time sure. they had over there together, and the walk back to the neighborhood. So we were, I'm saying that to say we were a community that loved each other. Now, we had some, sure, there was a fight or two in the neighborhood, yeah, it was, but I'm just saying, we, for the most part, there was love for each other over here. All three of my children learned to swim in that program. <laughs> All three of them. Yeah, I, I've got to say, I, I haven't had the pleasure of meeting you, Miss Leona, until today, and, and it's it, it it's certainly been my pleasure, Doctor Hervey. I've had the good fortune of knowing your kiddos forever, and uh, your daughter Stephanie was in my older sister Tracy's graduating class. Okay, and I had the distinct pleasure of being a backcourt mate with Christopher. <laughs> I was a year older than him, and uh, Chris and I got to fight the good fight together. Uh, on the hardwood against those foes for two years. So it, it was a, I would, I wouldn't, uh, if you gave me a lineup of folks, I, I'd choose Chris at first, first and foremost, every time. And then I haven't seen your son Lloyd in, in, in a number of years, but I think the world of your kiddos, I hadn't had the pleasure of meeting you, but I think the world of your children. Thank you. So what was the Pine Street mascot? Pine Street Polar Bear. Polar Bear. And I, and I cannot I, tell you. Herbert, do you know how we got that name? I, I don't know how we got the polar no one bear knows. mascot. I don't know how that came about. But the polar we can't bear find was, the history on that. Do you well, have a cheer? Is there a cheer you can give us? Uh, no. no. <laughs> we know the school song. We know the school song, and we had a school pledge. I don't know if I can recall it. School creed. 
Creed. Oh, I might yeah. just start the school creed. I don't know if I can. Had, uh, and we had to repeat it every day. We had every to day. Sing, had to sing the school song every day. Hell to Ohio High School. We all love that one. We won't, we won't sing it all for you, but I'm just saying. That was a good start. Yeah. <laughs> um, so there was another graduate. So you had the Tuskegee Airmen. We also mm -hmm. had an NFL great that come from the Pine Street Polar Bears. Elijah Pitts. Elijah Pitts. Talk to us a little bit about that. I've noticed, I don't know if you've, you guys, especially since they opened just right before COVID, but the restaurant called Walk-Ons that's um, down near the Sands area, they mm -hmm. have a large picture of him on their wall. Oh, they do. They I have do. I have a display in the museum on him. Uh, his time at Pine Street, his time with the Green Bay Packers, and his time with the Buffalo Bills. He so, also uh, he also went to my alma mater. He went to Philander Smith. Philander Smith College. As a matter of fact, uh, when I matriculated in '64, I believe he graduated. Oh, he he graduated in '63, something like that. And I think after he left, that was when they phased out the football program, not because of his leaving, but because of economics, I'm sure. But he was, and they still have a uh, golf tournament uh, that his family is involved in where they raise funds that's somehow connected to philanthropy college. And I like um, to say he also had offers from numerous big time schools. But he chose Philander Smith to go play his college ball. He made a good choice. That's excellent, Steve. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, t is there anything we haven't, uh, you know, inquired about that you all would like to share about either the museum, the school, or the community? Also, we were families made us. I just, um, I'm uh, in the museum, um, I'm, I, we try to have a, a display on families, a display on the churches, of course, something on the uh, the school, but um, all three of those things made the Pine Street thing, made up the Pine Street, the love that we shared here. So um, Deacon Hervis talk about the church is so, so, so correct. That was what we did. We couldn't now, we had a dancer, too, at Pine Street in the gym that I, I liked to dance. Deacon Herbert wasn't no dancer, but I was the dancer. <laughs> so <laughs> I, Don't let her talk like that, Dr. Herbert. <laughs> no, it's, that's not a bad thing. I'm just telling the truth. But <laughs> we would have dances in the gym uh, on the weekends. I remember my mother, Helen Ticey, Arlie Pearson, Mary Morris, and one uh, at least those three ladies would come up there and we'd get a, they'd get a band to come in from Kansas City. They'd come in or we'd have a DJ. And we would dance when you have fun. We home by 10 o'clock. But that's, and for my era, that's just because our mamas is with us, number one. But we home by 10 o'clock. It's closed down. So that was the place where, that was where we, we couldn't go anywhere else. You know, we couldn't go to the, I'm going to just use the electric cowboys a word because I know some friends of mine that did, you know, get in there and everything. But we just couldn't go everywhere. We had to go, we were safe. So the, between the church, churches, the school, the people, the church was the the school was the center center of our community with the churches surrounding it. And it didn't like Deacon Hurst said, it didn't matter where you went, which which the denomination you chose, which religion you chose. We still stuck together. I'm coming to your church. You're having something special and you may come to mine or whatever the, the situation is. We just had so much love for each other. On the museum, on my last thing I think I'll say, the museum, COVID has shut us down right after we opened. We opened January 31st, 2020. I think we stayed open on a regular basis till 
the governor said, let's shut this down. What, what we're doing now is taking small uh, groups, four to six people in by appointment. So if you want to make an appointment, you can make an appointment and we will do everything we can to try to get in there. I do work part time, but there are other board members that don't work at all. They would be glad to open the doors to give you uh, a tour. And I can throw my number is, out is here. It's you call me, I can put you, if I can't meet you, somebody else can. That's fantastic. So are you, are you looking for new items for the museum all the time? All the time. Right now I am really searching for any yearbooks that were published from 1960 through 64 and 66. I have a 65 and I need the last one, 1967. Mm -hmm. I don't have those yearbooks. I have an original, well, the museum houses an original um, football jacket, letter jacket from uh, the guy that started Reverend Hoskins day and donated his original Pine Street letter jacket. So it's on display in the in the museum. And um, so we're always looking for things um, to display and I do ask different churches to right now waiting on uh, United Baptist to give us their history on their church and the individuals that, you know, tell somebody about how your church started. Who was there? Those old names. I want to make sure this stuff gets passed down. Use those stepping stones that the Bible talks about to make sure our next generation knows about. Yeah. And also when you mentioned United Baptist and, and, and my mother-in-law's community, Salem, Mr. Preston Madison and Miss Florence Madison, they taught school in those areas before they had to come to Pine Street. Right. My mama says she used to walk to Salem. They used to walk from the little farm to school over there. Mm-hmm. I, yes, because back I, then, Salem Road was out in the country. I think if yeah. I were to... We're talking about a whole other Salem, but you're right. Yeah. Salem was in the country. It is Salem Road. <laughs> We ain't talking Sorry. about that road. <laughs> Sorry, I sounded stupid. <laughs> no, you did. <laughs> I think if, if I could sum up uh, for closure about uh, the Pine Street area, it would be community and culture. Uh, yeah. it, was, it was a sense, it was a community because at that time I really didn't think about the fact that I was black and I couldn't go here and I couldn't. I didn't really think about that because we were insulated. I don't think we were insulated to the point that we were ignorant, but I think we were insulated in that we were comfortable where we are and where we were. And as Leona said, we were poor and didn't know we were poor, you know, but but we were, everybody shared, you know. Even it's the, all relative. Yes, everybody, everybody, everybody shared, you know, no matter if there was a death in the community, every church would pile up food at that home. If there was a convention that came to the city, everybody would open their doors to the delegates and help feed them, so those kinds of things that went on. Sure did. And, 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 we, and we were steeped in our, in our culture. And, and, and the sad part about it now is so many of our young people are, don't have those same advantages that we had to know what uh, what it was like, what our culture was like, and what it is like, and the richness that helped us to be what we are. I, I, and I think we, I think we turned out pretty good. Turned out pretty good. And we have Uh-oh. people that Amen. we have made made great contributions. You know, God blessed me to be a professional educator for forty seven years. And went from being a shoe shine boy to a college president. I think that's pretty good. Come from that's pretty good. I mean, that's not that's not a brag. It's just saying that uh-huh. it was because of my roots. That's who, that's why I am who I am. Yeah. And it was we were, Pine Street. No, 13, 13 we, we, was Clayton Street. That's where that's I was. Right. <laughs> we were taught Clayton to be, uh, 
I trying to use another word besides pride. But it's no sentiment. We were not boastful pride, but mm -hmm. that you are somebody thing, it still carries. You right. still are somebody. And right. it carried back then as well. That we were somebody. You're not inferior to anyone. Don't feel inferior. Don't try to be inferior. Don't try to be superior, but realize that you are just as significant and just as intelligent. I always used to tell my students my, when I was training teachers, and when the students come into your classroom, the glass is half full, not half empty. They bring you something. They don't come to you tabula rasa. They come to you. They come to you with something. And we were taught that that we had something, and then we could build on that. Amen. Well, the values that you were taught, um, I think the folks need to look back on that and go, okay, there's a thread there. Uh, maybe we need to get back to some of those values. Like like Lori said, and you alluded to, Dr. Hervey, and you too, Miss Leona cause and effect. And, 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 and you said, we, y'all think y'all turned out all right. And, and, and I, I that, that's certainly putting, putting it uh, modestly. You're being, you're both being humble, but the cause and effect of the values that were instilled um, throughout the community back then to, to, to put out the quality products and individuals like yourselves and many, many nameless and countless others uh, mm -hmm. speaks for itself. Conway certainly a better community for, uh, uh, the, in, the types of individuals that the Pine Street community and the Pine Street School put forth. And I can't thank you both enough for your shared experiences um, and, and uh, just giving everybody a glimpse into the past. As I said earlier, and you said, Miss Leona, about the stepping stones, I hope this podcast serves as a reminder and either reminds those that knew, knew and know something of Pine Street and the Pine Street community but moreover, educates those that have no clue about, you know, just exactly what has transpired uh, in, 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 you know, in our community. So I can't thank you both enough for y'all shared experiences and your time today. Thank you and God bless each of you. And pray, that this will, pray that this will be not only informative, but maybe inspiring and motivating to someone. Absolutely. Yes, sir. We appreciate you. We want to thank our listening audience today for listening to Conway TNT. We hope you will go to go and like our Facebook page and post any ideas for future podcasts you may have there, or you can always drop by and visit us at First Community Bank, located currently at 1089 Front Street. I'm Grant Gordy. And I'm Lori Case Melton. We cared about Conway then. We care about Conway now. And we will certainly care about Conway tomorrow. Thanks so much. The views and opinions expressed in the Conway TNT podcast are those of the individual participants and do not reflect the official policy or position of First Community Bank. First Community Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender.